Griffin. Yes. Tell me about your history with one Mr. Uh, Timothy Chalamet. So mine, I think, is different from yours. Probably. And by I think, I mean I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's like you and I share, for the readers at home, mm. um, for those who don't know, me and Dane know each other from high school um, in our Indianapolis suburb of Zionsville. Um, this is this is all this is all true. This is all factual. Um, and went to college together too. Mm-hmm. So we've known each other for long time, a hot minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always bonded over a zeal for pop culture. Yes. And even then, I would say overall, we agree on very few things in pop culture. Maybe that's probably true. I, or the, the the things that we. Do, the th- even the things we do agree on, we're still like at different levels about it. I guess, mm-hmm. like, um, obviously, like, uh, like I was raised on the Star Wars films, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of them. I would say you're probably more fanatical about them than I am, though. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah. I think I would think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, like, you're a big Harry Potter fan. I'm probably think that I got more deep into Harry Potter than you. Yeah, 100%. maybe I was like, I think that uh, I was gonna use the word performative. That's not the right word because it makes it sound like you're love for Harry Potter wasn't as strong as mine mm-hmm. um, or that was like false or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was someone who like, you waved more of a flag for it. Uh, I swish and flicked more for Harry Potter. Um, then whereas you vroom, 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 more for star Wars. Mm, um, does this, that, <laughs> this, this, audio, this, 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 this audiological, uh, uh, analogy track. It's all sound. Um, it's all sound. Yes. Um, uh, I am not a part-time Foley artist. <laughs> this is all to say that, yeah, we, do have a love for, for pop culture things, but rarely are we ever like like stroke for stroke on the same level yeah. about something. Right. And I said before you to say that when it comes to Timothy Chalamet, this is another case of that. And <laughs> that I can be like, oh yeah, he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. And when this like moment exploded of like people like really, really loving Timothy Chalamet, um, I was kind of like, eh. Um, <laughs> and that more I think comes from partially a place of for better or for worse, I'm one of those people who like if I, f- I feel like something is being like shoved down my throat, mm-hmm. um, I tend to be like, okay, like just because everyone likes something doesn't mean it's good. Yeah. Um. Again, I just said I like Star Wars, so sure. like I'm a fucking hypocrite. Yeah. Um. You don't like being told to to like. Yeah. Something. I think that's a. I think that's a. I, like, I, in many cases, I like seeing a movie on the earlier side of things so I can make an opinion for myself because Before, I, because yeah. then as soon as there are other opinions happening, I'm like then I feel like there's like this tug of war like well mm-hmm. do i just think that because of what this person so you must be real excited for joker yeah well well it's even worse because now i'm saying like so like there was the initial like stuff about joker where it was like there's got an eight minute standing ovation and at the venice film festival mm-hmm. i was like oh i guess this is gonna be good then okay yeah. and then everyone's like oh this is like base i mean which then i feel like the pendulum swung back in what i thought the whole time it was gonna be which is like basically like incel porn i'm sure sure uh, or like a, like a nice guys finish last like kind of thing which once i finally saw the trailer then because i hadn't even seen the trailer until after i heard this buzz about how it was received at venice mm-hmm. uh and then i watched the trailer and i was like i don't know mm-hmm. i think this is probably pretty like much a nice guys finish last narrative and like all yeah. this poor whatever so i guess in some ways because i have strong things on both sides it's a nice way of navigating mm-hmm. in a way that I'll be like able to kind of make my own opinion. Movies like Les Mis was ruined from, I had to wait like two years before seeing Les Mis. Cause mm-hmm. I want, and cause everyone was like losing their mind over. I was like, you guys need to let the hype die down so I can just like enjoy this without that. I did, however, enjoy man of steel hmm. in that all of my friends were saying how terrible it was. And was, then you like went in with like, I was, expectations. yeah, like I was like walking and expecting to be like a Sharknado yeah. kind of thing. And so it wasn't quite a Sharknado. Sure. Um, so I was like, okay, like, no, it was not fantastic by any means, but it was better than I, it was kind of like, okay, I'm just like not coming to watch a good movie. I'm just like here for like a fun time. Okay. Um, for like, okay, I'm watching just like, yeah. yeah. Bringing it back to Timothy is yeah. that like there's like this whole like the moment where like the, you know things timed out so well for his career trajectory. Then mm-hmm. when we had when we had Lady Bird and we had Coming by Your Name mm-hmm. happening, um, and all this buzz surrounding them, and then on top of that, he is this like heartthrob, mm-hmm. um, and so for me, I was like, okay, like the yeah. also which other thing that we have don't feel the same way about 
Um, but I think you're still like that you acknowledge is like you're a big fan of girls and Lena Dunham. Yeah. I haven't finished girls, but there are things I appreciate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not always good about like separating the, like the art from the artist kind mm-hmm. of thing. And there's like, a lot about Lena Dunham that, that sure. Like puts a, like a taste in my mouth. And similarly then for Timothy that I see Timothy and I do think like, Oh, this is like, this, this, I'm probably going to be like the biggest villain of your podcast ever. Um, <laughs> Cause basically what I'm going to say is like, Timothy is like someone like, Oh, like this is like definitely like a, someone who comes from like a very financially comfortable background mm-hmm. and has like always been surrounded by the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was bred to be. Yeah. 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 It's kind of like, yeah. it's like, it's like, well, yeah, like anyone could become Timothy Chalamet if like they had this like kind of like formula thing happen. And sure. So in terms of like, I'm not saying he's not working hard. Mm-hmm. Like clearly he's had to like put work into like being what he's being, but it's kind of similar to how like Lena Dunham ex- like ex- exists as a product of all these things. Yeah. Um, and like, and j- j- more just that there's an insane amount of privilege that oh, um, sure. is behind both these people. 100%. That being said, they both handle it so differently. Lena Dunham says insane things <laughs> all the time that are very insensitive and problematic and so on. Whereas for Timothy, I don't feel like he does it at all. I think he is, um, like very well-spoken and so mm-hmm. on. My thing for him is that his like sort of like vibe is very much like, Oh, like I'm just like everyone. It's like, you're not like, <laughs> you're, you're fully not like, I guess like bully for you for like trying to like, yeah. like dilute like everyone and yourself for like that. But, um, I think he's definitely very talented. Mm-hmm. So what, um, if, what, what movies of his have you seen other than the one we're discussing today? Um, I've seen the trailer for Little Women, and I saw him in Lady Bird. <laughs> you didn't see Call Me By Your Name? No, I have not. And the reason why is because, um, God, I sound like just like such a social justice warrior. Um, but a big part of it is I haven't seen Moonlight yet. Mm-hmm. And when Call Me By Your Name came out, I was like, again, I was like, okay. like For me, it felt like, and again, it doesn't mean that it's a bad film or anything like that. But for me, I think it felt like um, in Hollywood, it was like a step back where we had Moonlight the year before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to have that be like the big queer film of that year and then have come by your name, um, which again is, uh, from my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is about, um, a financially comfortable white family, um, <laughs> in Europe. Yes. Um, so for me, I was like, this feels like a little bit of a step back compared to Moonlight. I guess. Sure. Um, and so for me is I look forward to seeing home by, by your name. I'm sure going to, I'm going to enjoy it in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think it, by the sound of what I hear, it, it falls into some similar pitfalls that we see in a lot of queer films. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there were more queer people involved in its creation. Well, um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I do understand the argument of the two leads being straight, but then I also think you have to take take into consideration it was directed by a gay man and written by a gay man. The screenplay or the book? The screenplay. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, screenplay. I was like, I, was like, I thought the book was also by a straight man, which yes. in some ways. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. That, yeah, I guess that's more for, for you guys did the episode about Call yeah. Me By Your Name. But no, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I think you will like Call Me By Your Name. I, I think I will probably enjoy a lot of it. I think, again, it has some pitfalls um, that we see in a lot of queer film. Like, a really common theme in queer film is that... The couple doesn't end up together. Yeah. I mean, usually, like, it's, like, a death or something like mm-hmm. that. Like, is it, like, queer people aren't allowed to be happy at the end of their stories? Mm-hmm. Which is so interesting because, like, you look at most straight romance stories they do mm-hmm. um so like the idea like they're not allowed to win at the end or whatever um also there i have some like discomfort about just like the inherent power imbalances because mm-hmm. of the age gap sure um and the thing which i realize that uh age gaps are a real thing past and present mm-hmm. in the queer experience of right. course but there's a problem that feels especially in a story written by originally a straight man allegedly <laughs> um i have some discomfort about uh, perpetuating it sure um but all of this is to say i'll see it someday mm-hmm. but i would like to watch moonlight first i kind of like um my thing is that i set rules for myself <laughs> that aren't necessary but sure. um it's how i stay sane and so for me it was like you know i would rather watch moonlight first and then call by your name yeah that's fair totally it just fair. Feel, like to me just feels like the right thing to do I no guess. That, that may, so, and that's the order um, that came out I, and that too exactly yeah, no. um and i'd be curious to see, like kind of like what communication there is between the two from one coming further etc sure um so that answer that's the answer to your question about how much <laughs> timothy chalamet i've seen wow so two two whole timothy i Chal- think have you seen interstellar no, which I, as you know, like I like Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. We saw, we saw Dark Knight Rises. 
together. Um, <laughs> and then I didn't see Inception with you, but I did, Reader. Um, I saw Inception like four times in theaters, five wow. times in theaters. Which one, this goes back to what I was saying before, is that I could tell by like the trailer that this was going to be a, I like clocked that early on. I was like, this movie's going to be a huge deal. Mm-hmm. This movie's going to be a moment. You mean Inception? Yes, Inception. Yeah. Okay. This movie's going to be a moment. And so I saw it at the midnight premiere because mm-hmm. um, I was like, I need to just be here be on the front lines of this one happening. Sure. I just enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. And other people like were wanting to see it. And it was like, it's like, you know, when people like in summer, it was, a, I think it was, I think for me it was a summer. Which year did that come out? Was that 2010? 2010. Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't, I think it was just like, a, I, it was just like a summer that I was able to drive. Yeah. Uh, then and then it was just like a, the movie I saw with a lot of friends. Like, oh, let's go see something. Like, I've been like I haven't seen this. Yet. I was like, well, let's go see it because I have seen it, but I'll see it again. Right. Um, and it's one of those movies. Like, I mean, I really enjoy the Prestige a lot too. That's one of my favorite movies. And mm-hmm. one of the things I love about that is a movie that as soon as you finish seeing, I think an amazing movie is one that you can finish seeing a movie and then want to see it again immediately. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah. And like that's like kind of like one of the ways that I can tell like I really like a movie is if I can finish seeing. And then want to watch, watch it over again. again. A great example is when I was younger, I watched the f- first Harry Potter movie on repeat. Mm-hmm. Like I watched it like for like a good like almost like weeks. Yeah, and that was like during a summer when I got the VHS tape. By the yeah, way, yeah, I was gonna say my, um, one of my first experiences with that was I was I remember being homesick and I saw it in theaters, so I'd already seen it. But and I, I missed it in theaters. Oh, I okay. which I wasn't reading the books yet either. Um, but I think by the time the first I, I got the VHS, the first movie. I had started reading the books, if I remember correctly. There was like mm-hmm. enough of a gap between like the first movie coming out, because there also used to be time there was like a gap between movies mm-hmm. coming out and then like the release of oh, the, yeah. was, like, the thing. Like, uh, what did I just see? Oh, like yesterday's already on like DVD and Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and that came out yesterday. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, it, 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 like uh, it was like what two months ago that like yeah. came to theaters. It's and like it's already like no time now. Which like, and this is amazing. Like, I feel like you're maybe more around this. Like how like there's like that shift of like from cinema to market is just different now, I guess. Yeah. But there was like enough of a lag between when Harry Potter, the theaters mm-hmm. and went into VHS. Yeah. It was like, a, it was like a while. There was enough time for me to then like get into. So similar to this Hobbit thing is I read the first Harry Potter and I couldn't get into it mm-hmm. because JK Rowling did such a good job of creating the world of muggles as the most boring thing in the world. That you couldn't get past Like it. chapter, like, Chapter one, the boy who lived. Like I and I and that the first book's the one I've read the most. Too. Like I used to be able to know, like I could be like chapter one, the boy who lived. Chapter two, the vanishing glass. Chapter three, the letters from no. Like mm-hmm. I used to be able to do like you could do that. it the whole thing. Um, and that first chapter is so boring because capturing the boring lives of muggles. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't start your like literally world changing uh <laughs> like series slash franchise with like the most boring possible opening mm-hmm. it's not really a good hook and this is true for this was a, an experience of, for a lot of people yeah um is that that first chapter was such a slot that was like i don't know this book really seems like boring i'm not into it and so i actually skipped the first book entirely read the second book then like third or fourth mm-hmm. and then went back so i think i oh i'm sorry so timeline wise that means i must have seen the first movie yeah probably because i wouldn't have just like Read the second movie, right, like some the movie, and then you and the first movie is the best adaptation of the books. Mm-hmm. It is the like, uh, like the screenplay is almost like the exact same thing. Like the lines are like, yeah, it's like, like word for word. It's like pretty like stroke for stroke, same thing. Yeah. So yeah, you would rewatch the first one uh, over and over and over, yeah. over again. So I was gonna say, so I did that with the first Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm. I was homesick from school when it came out on VHS, and I watched it three times. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I literally just like started it over, and I was like, this is amazing. Yeah, and I. Yeah, the, no, you're right. Like, it's, honestly, that film probably doesn't hold up poorly. No, I think the first part. I think it's still a very yeah. It's great. It's, uh, like the other ones got like went to hell in a handbasket yeah. for sure. No, the but, first like, one is the very first fun. one's pretty strong. Yeah, no, I would uh, say it's a fun time. Yeah, you know what's a movie I would never want to rewatch again? The movie we're, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, worst, worst friends, <laughs> worst which friends. I almost did. Uh, so yeah, because we uh, reader. Um, I know I keep saying reader, even though it's this fine. is not they're, the medium. They can be readers. But, they're listening, um, but it's re- they can be readers. Yeah, it's fine. You know, some people maybe have their podcasts transcribed. Maybe. Um, you know. Well, I uh, I got to introduce the show now. Okay, cool. Cool. You ready? God, Will's gonna have the funnest time editing this. This is why you don't have uh, longtime friends do a podcast <laughs> together. <laughs> well, I think it's fun. I'm not mad about it. You're here. You're queer. We're doing it. Get used to it. Get used to it. 
Hello, welcome to Chasing Chalamet, a bi-weekly podcast where I, Dane McDonald, uh, unlike Griffin, devoted Timothy Chalamet stan, seer of now all of his movies, uh, and a special guest deep dive into the filmography of the aforementioned Oscar-nominated actor, Timothy Hal Chalamet. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Ralph Aaron's 2014 comedy, Worst Friends. We're going to be covering our thoughts, feelings, critiques, praise, maybe lack thereof, whatever we want to say about this small little kickstarted movie. Uh, then we are going to discuss Timothy's performance, his role in the film, what function he serves to the story, is he cast well, what does his participation in this film bring to the table. Then on a scale from one to five peaches, we are going to gather grade the film in different categories. We're going to talk about the quality of the film, his performance. We normally talk about his attractiveness, but he was like 15 when this was made. So mm. uh, we can go ahead and revert that category to his uh, adorableness, I suppose. Oh, that's a good edit. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and most importantly, the reason we're all here, we will grade his hair, uh, <laughs> which will be fun for this movie. Um, and now that we've gotten all of that out of the way, I'm excited to introduce today's guest. Uh, as he mentioned before, we are longtime friends. We went to high school together. We went to college together. We've known each other for uh, more than 10 years now yeah, at this over point. Yeah, over a decade. Yeah, it's crazy. We're getting so old. Mm. You're And you're older than me. Yeah, that's the thing that's funny, too, is that you were the grade above me because you, of, like, well, you were originally from Michigan. From Michigan, where I started school. And Michigan school. were in cut-off dates, and I was running the cut My parents wanted to be, like, young for my year. Right. Um, so I am a couple months older than you. You are. But you were a grade above me in our uh, academic matriculation. Exactly. You've heard him talk. He is a uh, a New York-based comedian. He is the co-founder of the queer satire website Off Magazine. Mm-hmm. AWF. AWF, Off Magazine. And he also uh, hosts and produced the Living Your Best Life Room comedy show, which he hosts right in his living room yeah, in New York City. In Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Hey. Uh, I say that as if like I've been more than once. Uh, <laughs> it's Griffin Leeds. Hello. Hi, Griffin. How are you? I'm good, Dane. Thank oh, you for having me. Of course. Thank you for making it back to Chicago. Yeah, of course. For the, for the evening. I know you had some plans, but you, yes. you, you're staying with me tonight. We're hanging out. Yeah. We're going to talk about <laughs> this, this this garbage movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess so to tie things back to the conversation of rewatching movies, we were originally going to do this um, recording. Uh, so, reader, I... Part of this happened because I was officiating your friend's wedding in Indianapolis. That's mm-hmm. right. Book me to officiate your weddings. I'm now. Uh, I should have added that into your bio at the beginning. Oh my god! Yeah, you can officiate uh, weddings. He, he, creator of Off Magazine, host of the Living Your Best Life Room show, and officiates weddings. Um, <laughs> but um, I have found it's way cheaper to fly through Chicago, and so I've started doing that. Also, I have all these from Chicago that I haven't sure. seen in ages. It just works perfectly. Right, and I mean, you're a comedian. This is a comedy city. It's a, it's a, yeah. It's I would say the cradle of American comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and sorry, St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, <laughs> so we were gonna record this when I was coming in toward, yeah, like right. my incoming direction to Indianapolis. Right, but we rescheduled. And then we rescheduled it, but because of that, I planned my viewing to be for. The, to be closer to that time. And right. then a lot of time has passed. And I was debating rewatching so the movie would be a little fresher in my head. Mm-hmm. So I guess to just preface, there might be some things about the movie that Dane is going to be a little bit more fresh about than me. That is a bold. And I thought about rewatching it. And then Dane kept saying, like, Griffin, don't subject yourself to watch this <laughs> again. Right. Um, it's not a great movie. No. And we're probably going to be talking a lot about that. I know on your episode about we the Coopers? Us the Coopers? Love the Coopers. Love the Coopers? <laughs> this is the Coopers. <laughs> um, us being the Coopers. Um, <laughs> the more esoteric sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, love the Coopers. You guys um, coined? Is this your? Is this a, a Dane McDonald original? I think. Term? I mean, it's one of those things where it's... Who's it's, to say? It's such a, yeah, who's to say who said but it like, first? You didn't like read it from like no. Entertainment Weekly. No. Okay. I, stop clocking me very specifically in the personality range. <laughs> um, no, I didn't pull this from... I, I, I just literally, in watching Love the Coopers, I was like, this... Is a trash piece. Yeah, um, fantastic portmanteau. Thank you. Yeah, um, we no. did not. We did not experience a trash piece this time. No, because because I think inherently a trash piece is like insanely watchable and like yes. even though it, I can't tell I you, I can't tell you to watch Love the Coopers on a intellectual merit. I can tell you to watch it just in the sense that it is like a bonkers movie that you have to see to believe. And also, I think there's something you said for. I think you guys touched on how like yeah, like come the holiday season. 
watch it. Yeah, it's exactly. Bonkers. It'll be like one of those zanier picks to mm-hmm. have, but add it to your rotation of things to watch. When exactly. It comes that time of year. Exactly. No, there worst, is no time of year to watch worst friend. No, not at all. Um, um if, if you're in a coma, <laughs> that's like the only, has someone put it on. So, um, so to so help s- stimulate, um, your brain, right. To let them think there's someone in the room when they can't be there yeah, to yeah. actually talk to you. I have friends who leave the TV on, um, for their pets for similar reasons. Worst friends is a great movie for kids. I think <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, no, it is, it's no trash or piece. So similarly to your situation, I also began watching it when I thought we were going to be recording. Yeah, yeah. This you earlier. watched for you was like the night before we were maybe going to record. Yeah, it was I like think. the night before we were going to record it. I was pushing it off because I just really didn't want to watch it, and I kind of I didn't help because I was like Dana, like I was like sort of live updating Dana a little yeah. bit. I didn't want to spoil him, but I was like Dana, I, like have you started watching? And he's like, I haven't. I was like, Dane. Yeah, no, Dane. So, I think it was mostly just like texts of me saying Dane. Yeah, actually, just, you just kept uh, saying my name. Um, no, so what happened was, it was the night before we were supposed to record, this is like a a personal thing for me, uh, I had, I was having issues refilling my anxiety and depression medication, so I pertained an edible, which I had never taken an edible before. Wait, this is not the reason you said we had to reschedule. No, it's not, no, (laughs) we had to reschedule for other reasons, but Oh, no, I'm sorry, (laughs) diegetically, (laughs) this is why, okay. I didn't take an edible and have to, like, rearrange (laughs) my schedule, no. (laughs) So... So I was having, it was going, yeah. So I, I ended up taking an edible to see like how that would affect. Also, I just never took oh, an edible Oh, you chose to take an edible for what? I think this is the reason why you had to reschedule. You took an edible to watch this film. That and I was trying to um, manage anxiety, manage my anxiety before yes. I could get my refill on my medication. Um, so this I just, movie probably wasn't bad for anxiety, but probably was bad for depression. Yes. <laughs> and just bad in general, which I feel like yeah. bad movies caused me anxiety because after I saw the live action remake of Aladdin, I actually had like a three day bender where I was not okay. So I like to, I feel like maybe bad movies trigger that in me. See Dane, it's about also like preemptively managing your stressors. And I haven't seen Aladdin because I was like, I don't know. This is going to be bad for me. Yeah. I, I, I've, um, it's the worst movie I've seen. I've kept, it's so bad. I've kept, um, most of the Disney live action remakes at like arms length, pole length. Yeah. Yeah. After I saw the the Beauty and the Beast live action, which I was like, all right, that was a live action version of, of Beauty, Beauty and the Beast. Beast. Yeah. And then I was like, all right. I'm done. I don't, what, what other ones have there? I don't think I've seen any of them. Jungle Book's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's also Dumbo's, mostly animation. Dumbo's bad. Um, and I would have loved to see Dumbo be good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, um, Christopher Robin, kind of technically. Yeah. Like um, there, oh, there's like this like Mary Poppins sort of kind of sequel, not reboot. Yeah. No, you're probably, you're, I, I, I do like a lot of them. Uh, was Lion just, King good? No. Oh no. Uh, it was very boring. And see, um, the light, so Lion King is my, that is, that's like your Disney movie. That is, the Dis- I think that is the best Disney movie. Yeah. Full stop. Period. Yeah. No, that's I fair. So. Yeah. I love Lion King. I mean, King. and then there's like, I mean, every now and then, Disney makes an original film, mm-hmm. um, and I haven't seen all of those. Like, I hear, like, Coco's really good example. Coco's good. Moana's uh, great. Zootopia's great. Moana, see, I thought Moana was, like, very simplistic mm-hmm. in certain ways. Like, I, I I, don't know. And Zootopia didn't feel like a Disney. <gasps> I liked it, but it, oh. didn't feel like it, it felt like a DreamWorks for me. Ooh. Um, I got the shade. Which, like, they make, I mean, DreamWorks made Drek. Like, Drek was a great movie. Yeah. Um, I, I think How to Drain Your Dragon is incredible. Oh, yeah. You love, love, I lo- love, I love that How franchise. to Drain. Yeah, I yeah. do. Um, I, I feel like its sensibilities were more. Like I feel, um, we're we're more like DreamWorks or like Illumination. Yeah, it's it doesn't. I I know what you're saying. It, it doesn't feel exactly like a Disney mm-hmm. House. Or I think part of it is because this whole like Disney Pixar fusion has happened. Because mm-hmm. like now like Pixar movies feel more don't feel like Pixar movies. Yeah, they're more like um, Disney movies. Now. They're more like Disney movies as well. But yeah, no, none none of those movies caused me the anxiety that Aladdin did. But Aladdin really. Yeah. No, taking the edible had actually nothing to do with watching Worst Friends. It just it just coincided. I wish I was on I, something. That maybe would have helped a little. See, I found it didn't. Basically what happened is I took half of an edible and tried to watch this movie and I was like this is so bad. Yeah. And we I was watching it with someone and we just turned it off. Um yeah. like, which so reader, one of the things I'm just leaning into No, it I really like point, it. I like um, it a lot. is that one thing to understand is that one this is probably one of the first ever things that Timothy booked. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't know if you really can call it booking. Um, <laughs> it's one of the things he did. He maybe got paid for it. Maybe. He maybe got paid for it. He maybe 
Um, so I don't know how much you know about the history of this movie, but it was yeah. it was Kickstarter. It's, it's an independent film that was like from a Kickstarter. Yes. Um, and so in general, movies from Kickstarter aren't going to be like fantastic. No. Um, I will say I think that I've watched like five minute clips of porn <laughs> with better production quality and story. <laughs> Um, You're not wrong. I've like, seen only fans videos with more production yeah, like, quality than this um, movie. Like there, there are like, yeah, like YouTubers who put are, more effort into who, what they do. Yeah. One thing I will say, cause I was trying to think of like the different people involved with making something happen. Cause you can't quite like, so if the lighting wasn't like, you know, like the, the certain production quality of things, whatever, you can't quite like use that to discredit like the, the, the mm-hmm. writing or the directing or the acting or whatever. Yeah. That's a different person who didn't bring it to make right. this a good film. <laughs> um, I think that someone who did really great in this movie is the wardrobe person. Because <laughs> I do think that actually, and bringing it to Timothy, even the choice of glasses mm-hmm. for young Timothy was great yeah for for creating what his like role is in this film sure which i guess we can get into let's let's lay the groundwork a bit with the movie so basically this is a movie that explores this friendship between two men two straight white men Mm -hmm. as we in our in our text exchange talked Mm -hmm. about or as we say in the business characters Um, (laughs) characters yes it's about two characters about two characters (laughs) Who reconnect after one experiences a traumatic incident where he um, gets hit by a hit by a like a truck like a dump truck. Or yeah, something. he's like on the phone. And he gets hit by a dump truck, and so we. The movie, oh no! Wait, the experience of watching the film was was being hit by a dump truck. Yeah. I was thinking that's. <laughs> of course, it's easy to blend the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, it's, yeah, so it's life like these art. two two were they so in the beginning they're childhood friends. Yes, Jake and, like, and Sam are their names. Jake and Sam are their names. Um, Sam is the one. Or Jake is is Timothy's character, right? No, he's uh, Sam, right? Yeah, Timothy's uh, Timothy's young Sam, young Sam, yeah, young Sam. Mm-hmm. Um, and even from the get go, it's very clear that like these are friends, but like there is a dynamic. Yep. Um, that dynamic being that even at an early age, Jake's like a complete asshole to Sam, right? And you're kind of like, why is like so? Are these people even friends? Which like I realize the movie is called Worst Friends, yeah. Um, and so these two for the sake of the film, our friends from childhood. <laughs> and then Jake gets hit by a truck and it has late, much later in life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Gotta be a short film. Yeah. Uh, otherwise <laughs> small kids don't do well in front of big vehicles. When no. Hit by them. Really. Um, um, I have to back up over them instead. Um, uh, <laughs> it doesn't get the job done. Um, but later, later in life, they've like, Fallen out of touch. Yeah, like they're not like they don't like keeping. He doesn't contact. even he doesn't even live in the same town normally. No, like it, it, I think that's part. Sorry, I'm yawning. Mm, that's like part of the whole story is like Sam hears from his mom that like this happened to Jake and that like prompts him to go check in on him and then yeah. his dad asks him to watch him because he's going on his honeymoon with his new wife. Yes. Like it's all it's such a strange story. Even though we are introduced to them when they're younger and that is literally the minute and a half that timothy is in this movie no 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 don't end as well well all together it can't be more than like two minutes yeah i think i think that's like about two minutes of screen time um maybe three we'll i think find out right we get no sense of why he likes this person yeah like i mean i mean as we you kind of already heard like the ex the exposition of it is already like kind of why like once you like say it out loud just like the exposition of this film is really weird where it's like the two people who you have no reason to understand why these people are friends in the first place. And then the one who's a total asshole. And like, as we kind of get in the film, like everyone in this town thinks this character, Jake is a complete piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and think that like him getting hit by this truck is something he deserved basically. Right. And like, no, like no one feels any remorse for him. Um, basically even including grown Timothy's character, Sam. Sam yeah. Um, who also just so people know. So Sam is like a brainiac type character. Yeah. Um, but there's, a, like, there's this who, like recurring thing where like he got a perfect score on his SAT. Yeah. So yeah. Like, that's like, that is, that is his character development <laughs> is that he got a perfect on his SATs, but didn't go to college. Presumably for some sort of like, honestly, probably like, like mental health mm-hmm. or like personality disorder reasons they don't really get into. And so he still lives with his mom who struggles to make ends meet. And he's trying to support, by like tutoring and things, but he's not good at that because of his, he's like 
certain social ineptness. Cause, and that's the thing too is like even early on we're like, oh well, Sam's also an asshole. Yeah. Like our first scene with Sam as an asshole, he's like talking this to this kid he's tutoring about how she's basically like not smart enough to learn the things he's trying to teach her. That like it's okay because his this kid's mom wants her to learn like high level math that she's not going to know at her age, but he's he's being an asshole about it. Right. And so you're like, oh, like so we're rooting for this person who's like rude to kids. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he goes to check up on his friend, which, like, basically he's told by the dad. He's like, hey, listen, like, we are leaving town, me and my brand-new wife, to go on our honeymoon, and we need someone to watch him and take care of him because he's he's basically, like, um, immobile Yeah. Um, from this injury. He had, like, surgery stuff done. He has, like, I think, like rods in a leg. I don't know. Yeah, he, he's, he's, like, like, he's like, like... He'll be needing, like, um, physical therapy and so on. Yeah. And the dad who's, like... Islington was like, oh, we understand this guy's a piece of shit because his dad's also a piece of shit. He's a Debbie. He doesn't want to pay for like an, uh, like a home, like someone to take care mm-hmm. of him. So instead, he like pays this former friend, Sam, to stay there. Mm-hmm. But Jake doesn't know that's the deal. He thinks that Sam's just, just doing just it staying there yeah. out of kindness, which still makes no sense because he, he's he's garbage. Right. Um, that's how it kind of all starts out. So like from the beginning, you're like, yes, like this person Sam needs the money. There's also part of me that, that even still struggle with like, okay, so he's trying to, and that doesn't work. But also like, there's so many jobs out there besides mm-hmm. tutoring and someone like by Sam's age was like, what? Like they seem to be like in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. Which I guess isn't too, too far from us. But yeah. even there's like, he could work other jobs. Like, yeah. what, like, especially when they like make it sound like their mom is like, struggling financially mm-hmm. so much. It's like, yeah. okay, why isn't Sam... Like, why isn't he helping? Yeah, I was like, why isn't Sam stepping out where it's like, oh, like, all I know how to do is tutor because I got a perfect SAT. It's like, you can flip burger. Like, you can, like, like is there, like, a pride <laughs> element to this? Like, yeah. So there's, like, a lot of, like, in the beginning, you're like, you just, like, it's so hard to get on board with the things going yeah. on. And then an, a, another thing, like, partially the exposition and then, like, how different elements are introduced, one thing I struggle with is things that needed explaining went completely unexplained mm-hmm. or like they, they like the film operate on a lot of assumptions that like that you would just know something about the world when they don't take the time to kind of explain it yeah or they like introduce a character that we're supposed to understand like has like a history of these people or what have you yeah so well, like, this yeah. time been, i'm like wait what's what's going on who's what's who is people in relation to each other what's, right well what's it's like the happening? whole introduction to the character zoe who yeah. is like sam's childhood sweetheart like he just sees her and we're kind of supposed to like assume all this stuff between them and we never see any of it. So like we have no emotional yeah. attachment it was to their like, relationship. In terms of like the whole like show don't tell thing, it was like showing when it should have told and mm-hmm. then telling when it should have showed. Yeah. Basically. It was like both flipped on its head. Cause there were times where like they were like way explicit about things like, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like truly get it. <laughs> Got it. Good. Yeah. And then other times you're like, what? Yeah. I, yeah. Like it, I think this is something that you said to me when we were texting about this movie. It just like it this seems like somebody's like film school project. Like it just yeah. I think how I phrase it is um, the the writer and or director. Which was it written directed by the same person? I yeah, should have d- it's Ralph Arndt. But, yeah. but but so basically, which, what else has he done since then? So I haven't found anything else that he's done. Oh, the so guy who played <laughs> the guy who played the lead character Jake. So this actually happened to him. Like the actor Richard Tan. He like had an accident and through the actor, yeah, the actor who played Jake. Like they like the same year that he had like they shot this like in August 2010, and this happened to him like earlier in the summer. So like all of those injuries he has, like those could be like real. Like he could actually mm, have been in that cast okay. lot stuff because this actually I happened mean, to him. How much of the other stuff happened? Just the injury part, right? Yeah. Okay. So um, so he was recovering from his injury home in New Jersey. He reconnected with um the guy who directed it, Ralph Arndt, and then Noah Barrow, who plays uh, Sam, older Sam. And they, like, like wrote... Let's make a movie about yeah, it kind of thing. exactly. So yeah, then, then wa- they launched the Kickstarter to fund the film, and then they raised $17,000 to make it. Um, and then for some reason... Wow, the it whole budget was 17000 Yeah. And then it, for some reason, didn't get released until 2014. I have no idea why. Editing. Yeah, it just it just feels so slapped together. And I, I feel almost cruel in saying that, because, like, this was a very much like let's make a movie, you origin know, origin story for sure. Exactly, which that makes me feel less bad about saying, especially if you like you're worried about sounding cruel. My takeaway of especially like being an entertainment scene, like I'm not around people making films per se, but but you know, see, even seeing people like video sketches or yeah. put, or or putting up like live sketches or whatever, like seeing people like making things, whatever. My kind of like takeaway from that was like 
I get the feeling because it oozes from the work that the people who are very proud of that they made. Exactly. And not in a like cute, like, look, ma, I made this out of macaroni way. Uh, you get the feeling they're like, like that, like that they're like high fiving each other, be like, wow, this is like a clutch film we're making. This yeah. is good. It's like, ah, like, and then I think that's also a big thing about like, between like, um, like what separates something like this from like a trash piece. That trash piece is like part of their success. They know what they are and mm-hmm. they like lean into it. Yeah. Um, that's like part of the fun of it is that they're like kind of in on the joke. Yeah, it's a little cases. campy. It's a little winky. Yeah, like. exactly. Like that, not always the case, but like that's part of what I think like save a movie from being like a cringe fest. Yeah. Um, Which this is. Yeah. It's just like a lot of the acting's not great. That is my biggest fault of the movie is I think the acting is really bad. Yeah. I know when acting's bad, I'm not always great, but that's good acting or whatever. Mm-hmm. For me, more like writing wise, especially dialogue is where I was like also like mm-hmm. really was it was suffering. Yeah, they just they weren't delivering a lot. Like it it really felt like they didn't have the budget to cast like actual actors. What if they spent their entire budget on Timothy? I mean, <laughs> what, if they were like, like, what if like someone's like, listen guys, like he's really going to put a couple of years. Right. Like, we really, just, just <laughs> we really got to get him now. Our entire casting budget go to him and we'll just play the other characters ourselves. Like, right. And someone's like, are you sure I know Glenn Close? We can make her be the mother. Like, <laughs> like no, nope, like, this kid's going to be huge. <laughs> well, that's interesting. So yeah, so I, I find the acting to be pretty uniformly bad. The one Actually, exception. the kid who plays the other child actor isn't bad either. Yeah. Actually, other, the other child actor who plays young Jake, mm-hmm. um, to me was like, wait, how did they get Gordo from the Lizzie McGuire <laughs> TV show to become young again? Because he looked like he him does and look acted just like, like him. him and like did a good job. Yeah. For, compared to his adult actor counterpart. Exactly. Um, which is interesting. So Richard Tan, the guy who plays older Jake and who, you know, helped produce the movie has be, like been a filmmaker. He made the movie Southside with you, which was one of the two Barack Obama movies that came out a couple years ago. Oh, okay. Um, which is a, it's, it's an, it's an okay movie. It's and he fine. Produced it and he directed it. Oh, yeah. So yeah, a white guy wrote and directed the Barack Obama first date movie with Michelle Obama, which is interesting. Um, the, <laughs> the one exception I have with the acting is I actually really like Cody Horn who plays Lily, the physical therapist. Yes. I think she's very good. I don't know. Did you see the movie Magic Mike? I'm not. Is she in it too? She's in Magic oh, Mike. And her performance kind of got critiqued. I really like her in Magic Mike. Yeah. I find her to be a very... I think people thought her and think her delivery is very dry. I think it's very naturalistic. Yeah. Um, so, I I mean, I'm sure that people compare her to Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm... Like, if she, if she came out just a little bit before Kristen Stewart existed, I think it would have been a big game changer for her career because I think one of the biggest critiques of Kristen Stewart is that she's not emotive enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that she is more emotive than Kristen Stewart. Mm-hmm. And I also liked her. Like, yeah. like her presence in the film was like, oh, she's like the big name person they were able to get involved because exactly. she was just like acting circles around the other people. And right. she was, she was an absolute breath of fresh air. I wish she wasn't it more. Exactly. Yeah. Um, also, I wish Timothy was in it more too. Right. Oh my um, God. Not just for this podcast reason, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she was great. Yeah. Um, perfect example as well, though, of them, like, telling when they should be showing, showing when they're telling, mm-hmm. is that then, like, later on, like, there's, there's, like, this, like, weird reveal about her being uh, in a relationship with a woman. Right. But, like, they don't even explicitly say it. No, like, they never it, say it then. She's, she's, she's just like, why do you think, I, like, she just says, like, because Jake is... Hitting on her and, like... Uh, sexually harassing her. <laughs> yeah. He's sexually harassing her in every interaction with her. Mm-hmm. And... She puts up with it or whatever because she's in her workplace. And as someone who is like, like has plenty of experience in foods with people being awful and like, well, got to just deal with this because of your job. That's just like, and she, I think, and I think one of the things that, that why things can happen in the editing room that like oversights happen because maybe there were more takes Mm -hmm. or more scenes where she refers to her partner. Mm -hmm. But I think once she refers to a partner deep into the movie, Mm -hmm. and then I think next time we see her, He's hitting on her, and then she suddenly she's suddenly, I think he like says like when he's like all better, can they go on a date or something like that, and and or, or but he even then like knows that she has mentioned as, as has mentioned a significant other, but she's like has this whole like moment that's like very unearned writing wise, yeah. like and like the acting's like uh, solid and everything, but there's like the whole moment she's like, do you not get it like. I've been talking about my partner. Why can't you put two and two together? Yeah. And like me watching from the couch, I'm like, well, I've not been given anything to put anything together right now, but mm. I, I guess we're supposed to, this is supposed to be the takeaway, but then you're not even actually like 
there's no like follow through. Yeah. Um, to use a sports term. Um, sure. And well, in in the movie seems like so proud to be like, oh look at this female character and she's we're making her yeah yeah her like it, like that was like a big moment you can tell like that but it's like this is like nothing to do with anything the film is about then yeah it, it's uh not it was like not unlike the sort of like way they like revealed the co-director brother and the last um oh avengers, avengers movie Endgame when they R- R- russo russo anthony the russo brothers yeah yeah one of, um, one of the so russos joe russo or, anthony, or I can't remember which one it was. yeah uh which everyone is like so, which is also because like, oh, we can't find any gay actors to play this. Uh, uh, we'll just like do rock paper scissors, and whoever loses has to play the gay guy in the like <laughs> the support support group. support group scene or whatever. Uh, where they just, where they just like throw in like, we did it. We put a gay character in the movie. Right. High five. <laughs> um, it's a little bit like that. Yeah. Like or, they, it could just I could just tell the movie was very proud of what it was doing. Yes. And is that an actress? Um, queer? Do you know? I don't think so, but uh, I, yeah, she, she actually hasn't worked a whole lot, which I feel is interesting, but yeah, it's just, it's, it just, it feels like a film school project. Like I said, it feels like a little cruel to be mean about it, but ultimately it's just not very good. It, it makes me feel a little bit better knowing that, that this team has not made anything since then. Mm-hmm. Cause one thing as well, which we can, which I think we can even talk about then like in reference to Timothy's career is that, and for me as like a person who, makes things and is a creative and you know has mm-hmm. been doing stand-up and stuff for a while and can look back at older jokes and be like oh i hate like like a progression's a lot of like you're allowed to make bad shit mm-hmm. that's everyone starts out making bad shit yeah and then you just like keep getting better and better and even while you're making bad shit you probably are gonna be like a little bit proud of it because in the moment it's the best thing you've done so far sure. what have you um uh i think that in this case again it, it kind of very much like oozes the uh, straight white cis male delusionism mm-hmm. of like not having like just like the unfortunate arrogance that kind of comes with that territory of just like leading a life in which you're kind of always led to think that everything you say and do is fantastic and right. wonderful. Yeah. Um, that just felt very present in this. Like mm-hmm. there was there was never a point where someone was like, I don't know, what if we like I want to know like even if they were just like uh using the circumstances of their friend having this injury to create kind of a film around it, mm-hmm. which is almost as bad as like, let's write a film around a like pun based title. Mm-hmm. Um, like what eyes were then like on the script? Yeah. Um, like, it doesn't really what, seem like anyone came in to like edit or like, what were there any like feedback? checks and balances? Yeah. Like were there yeah. any like external was anything workshops? Like, yeah, exactly. Like what was, I'd be curious to know, like what the developmental process was to see if this had any opportunity to, to improve. I do think that like in the editing room is probably where a lot of the stuff maybe had gone awry. Mm-hmm. Do you know if the, like who the editor was for it? Was it just um, them doing that too? Or is edited by a man named Joe Lindquist. All right. So a different person. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe they like then paid an editor, put it together and they're like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. And that's partially it why like, it took so long to, yeah, to make it. It wasn't someone they were like creatively involved with. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I, I, I feel like having like done so like, you know, been in like independent like short film and like web series and things like that mm-hmm. for works like that. Like a lot of that you can shoot, like the shooting process can be so, so quick. Mm-hmm. And then it is the editing process that takes so long. There was like a, yeah, six episode, like I think like less than 10 minute episode web series. Um, it filmed over three days in May of 2018 mm-hmm. and it released this summer. Oh, wow. So like, I think especially for independent stuff, the editing process can take a long time. Maybe that's why it took so long for this movie to come yeah, out. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that, that, like, I think that, I don't think that that is, like, supposed to, like, reflect poorly, I guess, on the film. I think it's more like that's, that's showbiz, baby. Right. Uh, of, like, especially in terms of, like, making stuff independently and, like, if this editor was juggling this in other projects and yeah. and so on, and that that could be part of it. There's, like, editing and, like, their spare time mm-hmm. kind of thing might have been had the yeah. timeline. Those it frankly felt like everyone was making this movie in their spare time, honestly. Like, yeah. it just didn't feel focused. Um, but like I said, I feel bad, like, total shitting on it because I just, yeah. it's not like, it's not like a another movie we've covered on the show that, like, you know, there was, like, a studio behind it and, like, a right. budget and, like, all this stuff. Like, it's a little bit easier to be, like, you had all, the, all these yeah, resources. Yeah. Like, these people were really just trying to make a movie and I'm not gonna say it's good, but also, you know... Good for th- good for them. We should have them on, and I wonder if they'd be like, "No, we know it's yeah. we 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 know what right. happened." Well, no one none no one talks about this movie, so I don't think anyone's you know. Yeah. Oh, which uh, I mentioned this before. That I had a, a a funny little reveal. Yeah. So, two three weeks ago, 
this makes it sound like I book way more than I do. Um, <laughs> I was on set for a like ad type thing, mm-hmm. and I just barely caught it. Um, but the person directing this sh- um, commercial shoot thing mentioned something about like da 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 from when I like worked on Worst Friend. Uh, as the person who directed this commercial, like worked on Worst Friend as, do- as doing what? I- I'm assuming he was just like actually part of the bad production of it. Oh my God. Um, which again, they could just come down to like the resources that they had as well. Cause like, like to get like the right lighting and whatever you need, like a certain number of lights and yeah. the kind of space you're filming in, like if you're filming in a house versus a studio, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the, um, this person said something like in reference to worst friend. I was like, and I, because of just like the nature of the filming thing, I wasn't able to ever be like, wait, did you say you worked on worst friends? Mm-hmm. I'm actually about to blah, 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 blah. So, some people are talking about oh, it. Oh, well, that, um, that makes me so Yeah, happy. it's behind closed doors. I'm glad though. someone is. Yeah. I mean, I just, you've never, I've never heard, Timothy's never talked That's about this. I wonder is, I mean, do you, so this is probably the earliest thing he's credited for on IMDb, right? Not because of how it was released, because he had movies. Oh. Yeah, because it didn't come out till uh, 2014. Yeah. But it is, it does seem to be the earliest theatrical thing he shot because the yes. next movie would I mean, have been Men, Women, and Children. Okay. Um, and I believe I think it was shot in 2012 or yeah, 2013. Yeah. But yeah, so, this is like I, his earliest. Yeah. That is why he looks so. And, 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 He's little baby. And when I texted you. I, I didn't recognize him at first too. I was like, at first like the, the, in the opening scene, I was like, okay, based on my understanding, like, I think one of these people is supposed to be Timothy. Yeah. And at first I was like. I think is when he's he's such a little little youngster. I know. I, I literally was like, there must be a scene later where we see them older because that that can't be him. Yeah, it was, it was like it's like oh wow, there must be like a sort of like Lion King exactly uh, like intermediate growth stage. by montage. Like, yes. Yeah. No. And, I, and at first I was like, oh fuck, we're only gonna see him like in like a montage mm-hmm. thing, whatever. Yeah. He you're you're thinking like oh this is the person they got to look like a young Timothy Chalamet mm-hmm. and then we'll see Timothy Chalamet right like, like this person like it'd be like oh this person like oh that was well cast that person looks like a young Timothy Chalamet but yep. it's not Timothy Chalamet like oh that is it is Timothy and I Chalamet. and I texted that to you I was I was like I was like I'm watching the the movie that can't be him and you're like oh it's him like it's him. I was shocked I was stunned. and which goes back to I think the person in wardrobe did a great job yeah transformative right the the wardrobe hair and makeup did a great job the, like the little the little um, clothes too big for him mm-hmm. and those spectacles he had were like perfect for that character. Oh yeah. No, they, um, they, they, they definitely, the through line of that made sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as like his role in the film and his casting, yeah, it just kind of seems like he, you know, I, I think the movie was shot in Jersey. He's from New York. It was probably just something that he auditioned for and got and it was great. And it was, you know, his, I really hope someone's like, this kid's going to blow up. I uh, really, yeah. uh, People will be talking about this episode on, a po- on the, this film on a podcast. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, and then to focus on like what little, little we have to talk about for him. Yeah. It, it just, he, so yeah, like we said, he plays young Sam, which in a podcast about Timothy's work, of course, in his earlier things, he's not going to be as featured. Yeah. Um, totally fair. Right. Totally, totally fair. Yeah. No, there's nothing suspect about how little he's in this movie. Given yeah, yeah. Like it's, Everyone started with like you know every every great actor once started as a dead body on Law and Order, including you know? Timothy. Wait, he he played a dead body. I haven't seen the episode, but I'm pretty sure he plays a dead body <gasps> on Law and Order. As, yeah, so I hope I can play a dead body on Law and Order. Which what's the one that's still on SVU? SVU, which is my least favorite. Of them. Oh. I mean, actually, I'm not big on. In, but if like someone that offered genre. you a part of the dead body, yeah, you, you would take, take it. You yeah. take you take the gig. Yeah. <laughs> when well, you're, like, Griffin, you act in New York City. Eventually, you're going to play a dead body. Yes, exactly. Law and order. That's I'd like a, to that's think a, so. It's a rite of passage. I think so. Um, but yeah, there's really not a whole lot to say because he just doesn't do a lot. He He's in the opening scene in which we're supposed to establish their friendship, but I don't think it's... It establishes that Jake's an a, asshole and shit. Sam yeah. is submissive. He, he, that's what it is. is that, like, um, he just like goes along with it. You get the impression that like, maybe this person doesn't have like a good... Because he's awkward or whatever. Like, does, he, he can't pick... He can't, you know, get choosy about mm-hmm. who his friends are, and this is who it's been. Or maybe they, maybe there was an even earlier time that they were, they like grew up together because their families were close, whatever. But we don't get any of that. We're just like, well, here we know is that once upon a time this person was a bad friend, and mm-hmm. which is important to the film that he was a bad friend. Yeah, I guess. But then later, when the second scene comes in, and he like gives him like some of his. Halloween candy. It's supposed to like sympathize him, but yeah. I didn't fucking care. No, because it was it, it was like this idea of like, well, there were even back then. Was, I think it's supposed to have like this mirroring of like how even with Jake being a huge asshole to Sam, that 
sometimes there's moments that like, and they're trying to get to, and they're trying to do like the straight version of like Pocahontas or Avatar, mm-hmm. where it's like, I know I was in it for the gig, but actually. I appreciate the company or whatever. Yeah, like you, I came to appreciate what this person yeah, brought yeah, yeah. to the table like, or whatever. Like, I know that's what it was at first, but, like, it changed or whatever. Like, we've seen that, like, you know, trope and, and before, and it was, like, them trying to be, like, not making it gay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I feel like that's what, the, that, that's what they're trying to make the sort of, like, thing be. Mm-hmm. But even, like, Sam is kind of an asshole as an adult, and Jake is has always been an asshole. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I don't, I'm not... I don't care about like, oh, sometimes these two people who I don't care about yeah. have good moments together. Yeah. And but then like, they use that and that seemed the end of like, yeah, like uh Jake like like as far as we know, the only time Jake was in a piece of shit to Sam. Right. And like uh, that's supposed to make everything okay or whatever. Yeah. Also I loved how timeline wise for Helen they were Jake was Batman mm-hmm. and Sam was his Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. Did you clock that Jake's Batman mask? Was like Dark Knight era. Oh yeah, I was like, that's an anachronism. Right, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, make which, sense. Of co- like, which at that point, it's like the end of the film. Like Griffin, yeah, Griffin. <laughs> you late. just watch the entire film, and right. you're letting this thing like distract you, or whatever. I mean, no, yeah. it's no Starbucks cup in King's Landing or whatever, but like, but still, uh, Winterfell. Sorry, um, but. Uh, there was that, that's the other Timothy scene, which does he even say a line in it? It's maybe like, thanks. Or yeah, it's like very that. minimal. Yeah. Um, which again, like for an early, early film, I mean, he's such a young actor. Like he's like in his career and as a person, so young mm-hmm. that of course he's not going to have like a meaty role. Oh, of course not. Um, yeah. But that, that is the extent of, of Timothy's. So yeah, I like, you can watch that movie for free on Tubi <laughs> um, or not Tubi. Sorry. Um, <laughs> And, and if you want to just watch his performance, you, you can take all of two minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can. Um, you can. It is, it is <laughs> certainly available for you to do. Um, and yeah, no, I mean, in, his performance is fine. Like it's he he delivers. Yeah, he delivers. He gets the assignment. Yeah, and and like you said, he trend, like, even though I don't think that it establishes why I should care about their friendship, he establishes the character of Sam well mm-hmm. and the dynamic that they're going to have, mm-hmm. and that's fine. And I think that that for me is. A, yeah, the hallmark of a good performance, and the character is so passive. It's a little hard to be like, "Oh, he played passive well." Like, right, exactly. Like, oh, <laughs> um, like I, I mean, this, he did a good job not doing anything. He's like, certainly a better Sam than the actor who plays him as an adult, for my money. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, fair. They should have just they should have just put him in tall shoes. Yeah, or just kept the Alfred makeup on from the movie. <laughs> there then, you go. Yeah, he was, exactly. He, he was just That's Sam, older. Um, but yeah, he, he, I think in terms of acting, he delivered. At this point, do we want to just like go into like the the peach? Yeah, let's scales? go ahead. And, let's go oh, ahead and rate it. What what? So, what would you rate the movie one to five peaches? So the movie one to five peaches. I mean, it's got to be just like the pit of one peach. <laughs> just the pit. Just the pit. That's almost like a fourth of like it's not even a. It's not. Yeah, that's like a. I would say a the pit comprised. Or talking about like in terms of mass, in terms of volume, like <laughs> of girth. Uh, yeah. In is terms, it, of, is it a girth? In terms pit? of. Um, it's a standard, standard average American male girth for a pit. Okay. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's the pit of a peach, the, the pit of one peach. Okay. Fair. Uh, on a scale of one to five, <laughs> one peach. to five peaches. Uh, how do you, what, what, it, uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and just give it one peach, one peach for effort. They, they certainly made a movie. They sure, they sure did. They sure made a movie. Um, um Yeah. Uh, for all the aforementioned reasons, it's not very good, but good. Mm-hmm. It's not very good, but good for them. That's how. It, that's and again, they feel great about it. And they feel great about they it. Feel good about it. Um, oh, they probably submitted to festivals, probably, which means that like, that other people did watch it. Oh, they were like, oh, this movie. Um, his performance went to five peaches. So here's my thing, kind of <laughs> as we already said, then like he didn't have a lot to work with. So I would say, I would give him. One out of one peaches. <laughs> like he got a hundred percent of one peach. Of one peach. So like yeah, like the, the the denominator is one, but that numerator numerator is one as well. Okay, fair. I, I, I see what you're I see what you did there. I'll allow that. I'm s i am scaled the scale. You you scaled the scale. Um, um I'll go ahead and give him four peaches. I think he he, he delivered. Wow, see? I'm not the diehard Timothy fan. I think he, he got a hundred percent. Wow. Um, mm. to your 80%. Well, 
well, averaging out 90% for a performance. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good, good, Timothy. Uh, good work, Timothy. Timothy. Timothy, keep up the good work. <laughs> he's he's very Timmy in this movie to me because he's so little. He's very easily. I mean, he's at his littlest. He is very uh, at his littlest. Um, as we mentioned before, we won't grade no. his attractiveness because no, he no. is a, a full minor. So we will edit He's adorable, though. He's, I, mean, I mean, again, we don't get a lot of, like, screen time of him but it's like uh yeah i mean he's so adorable he's almost unrecognizable exactly Um, so and for that i get a five out of five peaches he's adorable yeah Yeah, i would agree okay sure yeah why not i I feel like it's like it's a whole another scale because like what am i comparing against for adorableness right like adorable for timothy i guess sure sure adorable against other adorable kids sure maybe not Mm. there's not like like think of like young um like macaulay culkin yeah, like 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 oh, which is really Maca- fucking adorable. Macaulay Culkin would demolish Timothy in like an adorableness <laughs> contest, right? Or like either of the Fannings, yeah, that kind of thing. But in terms, if it's like if it's contained to Timothy, to what we saw, he's adorable. Uh, what about the hair? One of my so I think in terms of which again, like my credit to the wardrobe and hair team, I think the hair was. The hair is really bad. <laughs> uh, what? Or, or, it was like executed correctly. Like it was supposed to look bad. Yes. Because um, he's like an they awkward kid. They styled it as it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They styled it for like this like kind of like dweeby, passive, quiet kid. Yeah. And they preteen nailed that. Yeah. Like when you look at you, you're like, it is unbelievable that, that this hair is like the the hair we have now. Which I will. So I'm I'm bringing this in like so much later than I should have sort of said this more up top. When people are drooling over male celebrities for their beauty, mm-hmm. a lot of times, like, I don't see it, I don't see it. And then, like, then I watch one of the films people are referring to. It's like, oh, I guess I, like, I get it now. Like, yeah. I don't buy into, like, the Ryan Reynolds things as much as everyone does. Mm-hmm. Oh, Leonardo DiCaprio. People mm-hmm. love Leonardo DiCaprio. I think he's, like, I mean, he, I don't think he's great at all. Um, <laughs> his, like, gosh, I feel like his eyes just keep getting further and further apart. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's like a tectonic plate situation. But... I think people fall in love with these people because of the characters they attach them to. So people love Ryan Reynolds because of the, they associate him with the character he plays in the notebook. Mm-hmm. People obviously love Leonardo DiCaprio because they associate him with the kids. And um, what's you when you're saying Ryan? Did you mean Ryan Gosling? Oh, I did. Okay, I just wanted I, to clarify. I got my Ryan, my white Ryans mixed that's up. Okay. They're Usually very... it's the white Chris's. Yeah, I fully meant Ryan Gosling. Okay, that's totally right. right. Yeah. Um. So. I feel like people associate him with that. Or Robert Pattinson, people associate him with Edward Cullen. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so when, when I see these people like out of the vacuum of their characters, I'm just like, okay, like they look like an actor mm-hmm. and like, I don't know if I, I fully fall for it. But for like Ryan Gosling, then I saw Drive. Mm-hmm. And then during Drive, I was like, just say something, you beautiful man. Like, cause he's like, <laughs> he's just like so stoic in that film and, yeah. and whatever. And I was like, okay, now I get the appeal or whatever. So similarly as like seeing him in Lady Bird, I'm like, okay, I like can understand like, the appeal mm-hmm. or whatever even seeing like the clips of him like being <laughs> whimsical or whatever yeah. and, and calm by your name like okay i understand like what people see about him yeah. and even like um obviously there's been like a lot of discourse around like timothy chalamet was a big driving force behind that um nick haramis um new york magazine piece age of the twink mm-hmm. um which was basically the inspiration or it was one of the driving forces behind why off magazine even exists. Mm -hmm. Um, because like, okay. Um, have you read that piece? Yeah. Um, that reader is an article (laughs) worth reading in that every single sentence makes at least me to my core be like, what? (laughs) Just every sentence was like a new, like insane thing that really upset me to my core. Yeah. Um, and that article was, I was like, okay, in the same way that the, Feminist satire website, Reductress, is kind of partially lampooning on, at least in its origins, was kind of making fun of, like, the way that women write for women, things like Cosmo and so mm-hmm. on. And the, the that sort of, like, internalized, then, like, sexism that comes with it, yeah. of, like, how, like, fluffy it is and, and reductive, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, if, we're, if we've now reached a point where queer people have fought so hard for us to have, like, a voice on and in, in society and we are now at a point where someone like Nick Karamis can say like that we can now have queer people saying stupid, 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 stupid things. Mm-hmm. Then the time is now right for us to have gay satire. Right. And I understand the dialogue around Timothy Chalamet about like fitting the type of the twink, mm-hmm. but obviously that dialogue also talks about how like twink, like specific to people actually queer. Right. Which he's not. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's like almost similar to like how people, the, I think the lusting over Timothy is similar, but not the same to the lusting over Sean Mendez. Okay. We're like when, and it's a little bit different now where we're like, we now have this time where there's like these people who in celebrity culture, like fit the twink profile or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like they check the boxes, but identify as straight. And then people are like, no, but we want them to be or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my breakthrough moment, uh, as you know, with me and Timothy, is that I realized that the quality of him that I couldn't quite put my finger on was one of my other big pop cultural influences in, in my life um, before Harry Potter, coinciding with Star Wars, is Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And I realized that Timothy Chalamet has um, Pokemon trainer energy. He does have Pokemon. He looks, he look, he like, um, and one, because just like his body type is very similar to like, like the characters and stuff from Pokemon, mm-hmm. other like anime manga stuff because yeah. he's so lithe or what have you. But mm-hmm. also with like the hair, the hair and the big yeah. eyes, so that like he matches that his little, little slight nose right. or, or whatever. He does like, say he does he, have, like um, and then like when they put them in these like amazing like outfits, like on and off screen, you're like, oh, this is like I feel like I'm looking at like a pole trainer, like a like he should have been in Detective Pikachu. That would have been so. Cool. <laughs> I would have seen it. I would have seen it, and I yeah. didn't see it. You didn't see it. Um, I, so yeah, so did you give a hair rating? I so in terms of like in terms what, of the hair in the movie, diegetically they crushed it. <laughs> in the world that they were young, seeming to be, they did a great job. In terms of like, but when you, when we're rating his hair mm-hmm. for this podcast, we mean in terms of like How Timothy look. Chalamet, the actor, and what we know his hair is capable yes. of, and so on. Not good. No, no, it's like a one. It was it's an, a one it, for me. It, it was like intentionally not good. Yeah, yeah. what's a one peach? One, not I, a pit. Just a peach. We give him a whole peach. Fair. Well, Griffin, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on Chasing Chalamet on of our course. 11th episode. I'm so glad that happy you... Happy to chase. Happy to chase with me mm-hmm. ever so briefly. Yeah, yes. <laughs> um, Griffin, where... And we, we mentioned all the things that you co-produce and work on. Yes. Uh, do you want to go ahead and plug all of that stuff for us? One thing I think is important to plug, because I'm so worried I'm going to anger these uh, <laughs> fans of this podcast. Um, I would love to plug the... Little Women reboot. I'm so excited for you are the original or not the original. I'm not saying original, original, but yeah. the one from the '90s with Winona Ryder, with Winona Ryder and Kirsten Dunst mm-hmm. and Susan Sarandon, uh, and Christian Bale. Mm. Um, yeah, that hasn't aged great since then um, in his personal life. But <laughs> um, I thought that's another great example of like characters you associate with the role they play yeah. as well, and like yeah. I'm really excited for that movie. I got so excited to watch the trailer. The trailer looks so good. Oh, so I would love to plug that. <laughs> um, you, can, you, you won't see me in it. And yeah, please read Off Magazine. That's A-W-F-M-A-G, offmag.com. Um, it's also just Off Mag on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's a lot of fun. Me and my friend Ryan Leach launched that back in March. And it's had really great reception. So far, it's been great. Been I really enjoy it. Yeah, it's, I think those things were like, we feel like this is a thing that it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and if something doesn't exist, that means it doesn't exist yet or it shouldn't exist. Right. Um, so it fortunately has been the former, not the latter. Great. Yeah. And if you're ever in Brooklyn, check out my, that apartment show I run. I'm living your best life room. I do it. it tends to be every third Saturday. Okay. I think for December it's going to change, but the next one will be on the 19th of October. We got some fantastic from that lineup. I mean, find that all and online. you post pretty frequently about it on your your social media. So what? Yes. What is? Do you want to plug your Twitter and Instagram? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, it's really easy. It's just my name, Griffin G R I F F I N L E E D S. Um, Griffin leads on Twitter, Instagram, and Venmo. <laughs> the Brand, most yeah, important across all media the platforms app <laughs> of all. Well, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dane McDonald. The show is on Twitter and Instagram as well. On Twitter, we are Chalamet Chasing. On Instagram, we are Chasing Chalamet. You can email us at ChasingChalamet at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. We would love if you would continue to rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. Please consider sharing this podcast with your friends, your family, your mortal enemies, your boss, your coworkers. Our producer and editor, Will, got one of his Timothy Stan co-workers listening. We love that Aww. for for your co-worker and for us and for him. I asked some Timothy Stans. I will be excited to <gasps> know about this podcast. Love sure. that. Are they going to be angry with you for not going full tilt Timothy? Or Do you think that I have friends who are av- like avid Timothy fans that I haven't shared with? Think of- I'm That's not fair. someone who holds back. That's very true. They know very well where you stand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'll say, I'm like, uh, here's what I think. And they're like, thanks, Griffin. <laughs> um, so glad to know things haven't changed. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chasing Chalamet is written, hosted, and produced by me, Dane McDonald. The show is also produced and edited by Will Bybee. Our theme music is by Jacob Horn. You can hear more from him and his band, the Jacob Horn Trio, on Spotify, Apple Music, and Bandcamp. Our cover art was designed by Jessica Deal. You can find more of her work at jessicadeal.com. Deal is spelled D-E-A-H-L. And until next time, later. <laughs>